Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Are you interested in the most comprehensive compliance training class around? Do you want to hear from a true subject matter expert in the nuts and bolts of compliance? then my Doing Compliance Masterclass training is the compliance training class for you. It is unlike any other class being offered. The Compliance Masterclass is not theory or analytical underpinnings of the FCPA. The focus of the Compliance Masterclass is on the operationalization of compliance, for it is only in the doing of compliance that companies have a real chance of avoiding FCPA liability. I hope you will consider my Doing Compliance Masterclass. The next class will be held in New York City on November 12th and 13th. For more information, check out my site, www.fcpacompliancereport.com. Innovation in Compliance Week, Episode 2, Super Forecasting. I continue my Innovation in Compliance series in today's episode by discussing super forecasting and its use by the compliance function. Imagine that as a chief compliance officer, you could create a team which might well dramatically improve your company's forecasting ability. But to do so, you would be required to expose just how unreliable the professional corporate forecasters in your organization have been. Could you do so? And more importantly, would you do so? I've been thinking about that question quite a bit as I have researched the area of super forecasting. Most generally, this is the predictive capability that organizations have used. However, the new super forecasting movement led by Philip Tetlock and others has been gaining strength to help improve the forecasting capability. The concepts around super forecasting came of age after the intelligence failures leading to the Iraq War. This led to the founding of the Good Judgment Project which had as a key component a multi-year predictive tournament, which serves as a series of gaming exercises, pitting amateurs against professional intelligence analysts. The results of the Good Judgment Project were presented in a recent Harvard Business Review article by Tetlock and Shoemaker entitled Super Forecasting, How to Upgrade Your Company's Judgment. The authors believe, or rather, had three general observations. First, Talented generalists can outperform specialists in making forecasts. Two, carefully crafted training can enhance predictive acumen. And three, well-run teams outperform individuals. To move to super forecasting, the authors laid out four precepts. The first is to find the sweet spot, which is somewhere between predictions that are entirely straightforward or seem impossible. With sweet spots, the company should focus on its forecast for which some data, logic, and analysis can be used, but seasoned judgment and careful questioning also play key roles. Predicting the commercial potential of drugs and clinical trials requires scientific expertise as well as business judgment. I find the same to be true in compliance, where assessors of acquisition candidates draw on formal scoring models, but they also must gauge intangibles such as cultural fit, the chemistry among leaders, and the likelihood that anticipated synergies will actually materialize. Next, it's a train for good judgment. This requires employees to learn the basics in such techniques as probability concepts, the definition of what is to be predicted, and an understanding of numerical probabilities. 
As cognitive biases are widely known to skew judgment, companies need to raise awareness for this issue to arise. Finally, training to understand the psychology behind such biases narrowed predictive domains. Next is to build the right kinds of teams. The initial thing is to realize the importance of the composition of the team. Cautious, humble, open-minded, analytical, and people with good numbers are a good starting point. In assembling teams, companies should look for natural forecasters to show an alertness to bias, a knack for sound reasoning, and a respect for the data. Equally critical is that forecasting teams be intellectually diverse. At least one member should have a domain expertise, such as a finance professional on a budget forecasting team, for example. But non-experts are essential, too particularly ones who don't shy away from challenging the presumed experts. Don't underestimate these generalists. Clearly, your compliance super forecasting team should draw from the diversity within your organization, not only in discipline, but in temperament as well. After composition is considered, the authors move to diverging, evaluating, and converging. A successful team needs to manage three phases that I've articulated. In the diverging phase... Assumptions and approaches to finding an answer are explored from multiple angles. In the evaluating phase, which includes time for productive disagreements, and then the converging phase, where a team settles on a prediction. In each of these phases, learning and progress are fastest when questions are focused and feedback is frequent. The final component of composition is trust, as there must be trust among your team members to facilitate good outcomes. This might be also understood that if the super forecasters demonstrate the errors or miscalculations of others in the organization, not only will they be protected from senior management, but their work will be defended. Few things can chill a forecasting team faster than a sense that its conclusions could be threatened the team itself. You don't have to track performance and give feedback because it is essential to track the predictive outcomes and provide any timely feedback to improve forecasting going forward. This also has the added benefit of providing an audit trail so that a company can learn from both good and bad predictions. This leads to the next insight, which is, of course, process. Such as a feedback loop and compliance could lead to the following questions being posed. What information might others have that you don't have that might affect a compliance risk? What cognitive traps might skew your judgment on this transaction or risk? Why do you believe that the company can never safely navigate this compliance risk? Answers to these questions and perhaps others can provide insight into not only the specific prediction, but also the process by which a team can move forward so that it can be replicated as appropriate in the future. Conversely, well-run audits can reveal post facto whether forecasters coalesced around a bad idea, frame the problem poorly, or overlooked an important insight, or failed to engage or even muzzle team members with dissenting views. Likewise, they can highlight the process steps that led to good forecasts and therefore provide other teams with best practices for improving predictions. Like any innovation, there must be a commitment from management on moving forward. There must be data available both internally and research conducted externally with auditable trails on judgments, underlying assumption, and data sources. The keys to success include frequent, precise predictions and measuring accuracy of predictions for comparison with real-world events. Nevertheless, such an exercise might well be exactly what a compliance function should do going forward. Take the Italian energy company ENI that made a huge bet on the production in the African continent. If the company had a solid predictive basis for the risk involved, it could not only assess those risks, but more accurately manage them. 
it might give the companies enough information to take such a seemingly risky business move when the prediction shows the risk was lower than the experts said. But companies will capture this advantage only if respected leaders champion the effort by broadcasting an openness to trial and error, a willingness to ruffle feathers, and a readiness to expose what we know that ain't so. In order to hone the firm's predictive edge, it must be so. In our next episode, we will consider design thinking and compliance. I hope you've enjoyed this episode in this special five-part series highlighting some ways to innovate in compliance. For more information on the innovation process in compliance, check out my latest book, The Compliance Handbook, which is available on Amazon.com. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.